Welcome back, everyone, to the Winning in Life Without Losing Your Mind podcast. I'm your host, Dustin P. Today, we're going to continue our series on confessions of an Enneagram number. And today, we're going to have with us one of my great friends, Lindsay Bear. She is an Enneagram number two. We're going to uh, talk to her in just a second. But before we do, uh, I want to remind you that if you're listening on, on any audio podcast platform, you can leave us a five-star review and leave a comment on there. The, would be super amazing you can also um if you're watching on youtube you can also subscribe or like subscribe and ring the bell uh, you can find me on instagram youtube linkedin all the places at dustin peed or for more information about how i can help you or your organization you can go to dustinpeed.com i think all the business is out of the way so today as we're diving more and more into uh, these true kind of confessions of an Enneagram. I was going down my list of, of, uh, of people that I know that are certain Enneagram numbers or that identify with certain Enneagram numbers. And I was asking my wife, I'm like, who do we know that's a two? And um, I think either she told me or um, Blake told me, which Blake is Lindsay's husband, told me like, oh, yeah, I think we think Lindsay's, Lindsay's oh, yeah, Sarah said, I think Lindsay's a two. So I texted Blake and I said, hey, is Lindsay an Enneagram two? He goes, yep. Okay, great, perfect. So, um, Lindsay was kind of the biggest two that ever toed. Yeah, the biggest <laughs> two that ever toed. I love that. That's what we're going to call this episode. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, welcome, Lindsay. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, Lindsay and I have known each other for a long time. If you've seen Blake on my show, and you'll see him again when we get to Enneagram Eights, but, um, you know, we've we've known Blake and Lindsay for a long time since since our uh, ministry days back in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been over a decade, I think, since we've yeah. known each other and Crazy. done life together and laughed and cried and built and created with each other. And so it's all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. And we got some great history there. So I'm super excited to have her here today. And I love how much she shares and how just how um especially for being a two, how vulnerable she is and putting herself out there with a lot of things. And so before we get into the Enneagram content, I want to tell you all that she is also like founder of this amazing organization called Yet We Thrive. You can go to yetwethrive.com or you can find them on Instagram at Yet We Thrive. Can you just give us like a 30 second synopsis of Yet We Thrive and why people should care about it? Yes. So Yet We Thrive, we're a nonprofit, we're a community for women who have lost babies or have struggled with infertility, trying to get pregnant um, and haven't been able to. Um, Our main goal is to help women thrive, even in the midst of impossible circumstances. Hmm. Um, We believe that nobody should sit alone on their couch wondering if they're the only one. And so that's what we try to do. We have a podcast, like said, we're on Instagram and we have a blog and um, we just really try to make women feel not alone. I love that. That's probably also the most Enneagram two thing I've ever heard, but also super amazing. And I think a, a big testament to to Lindsay and her character. So if you're wondering like, who is this girl Dustin's chatting with? I think everything that she just said is a good way to kind of sum up like who Lindsay is as a person. And so we're just going to dive right in here about this whole Enneagram two journey. I don't have many Enneagram two, at least confirmed Enneagram twos in my life, but um, I do have some preconceived notions of them that I'm hoping I get corrected today. So before we get started, I want to read um, Jackie Brewster's Enneagram coach, Enneagram uh, with JB. Uh, we'll, we'll put her stuff up here in the show notes and, and at the end for you to see. But 
uh, a friend of our, ours and my family, uh, she has a great uh, resource um, for, for or several great resources for Enneagram. And one of them is these really great um, uh, box of cards that you can kind of really break down and see what all the ins and outs of each Enneagram are, but it begins with an overview. And so I wanted to begin with just a simple paragraph overview of Enneagram twos before we dive in with Lindsay. And so this is what Jackie says. Jackie says that twos view the world through their connections and relationships. In a way, they define themselves through their service to others. Overall, they are selfless, loving, caring, patient, and giving. They long to connect through safe relationships in which they can express their feelings and emotions without judgment. They seek affection and affirmation as well as appreciation and respect. Lindsay, is that all ringing true for you? Yep. Hit the nail on the head. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. So let's let's jump right in. What's the most important or what's something that most people should know about you as an Enneagram 2, Lindsay? Um, so the people who know me well already know this about me because I'm kind of an open book. Um, but I my biggest fear, I guess, is that without anything else to offer me by myself with anything everything stripped away. I'm not lovable. Hmm. So I want to help people. I want to be there for people. But part of that stems from, well, if I don't, nobody will love me. All right, great. So help us understand, how do you see the world around you as an Enneagram 2? I try to think the best of people. I try to sometimes to a fault think that whatever anybody's doing is either because they're really trying their best, I guess, or if they're doing something wrong, hurt people, hurt people. And so I really try to understand like, well, why are they doing this or what's happened in their life that's causing them to do this? Um, So honestly, when I look around, I just see a lot of people who are hurting. Wow. That's interesting. I think that plays to, I think Enneagram 2 sometimes to me, when I think of an Enneagram 2, I think of someone who's extremely empathetic and sympathetic with people. And I think that honestly helps um, the rest of us understand how you're viewing the world. What, what do you, I think people that are really into the Enneagram, they, they, they love certain things about being the Enneagram number that they are, but they also really don't, they have some things that frustrate you. So let's start with what you love. What, what do you really love about being Enneagram too? Um, I think one of the things that I love most is that I feel like I am really good at feelings and emotions. Um, and I'm good at helping other people feel comfortable in their feelings and emotions, um, or validating what people are feeling. And I'm also really great at helping people. And I love that I am able to see a need and know how best to meet it most of the time. Yeah, I can imagine that's got to have a lot of um, just fulfillment at the end of the day and kind of build up your your own self-worth. Do you find, this is not one of the questions, this is just me <laughs> listening to you talk. Do you find that um, your self-worth is defined a lot by what you're able to do for other people? Yes. Yeah. How, how does that play out? What's that look like for you in your daily life? Like finding that self-worth? Um, 
I mean, honestly, so I have health problems. I get migraines. I have endometriosis. So on a day when I am in bed because I can't get out of bed, those are my hardest days because I, I'm not helping my family. I'm not making breakfast for them. I'm not um, meeting anybody's needs except for my own. And those are the days where I have to remind myself it's okay to have grace for yourself. It's a, like, this is out of my control. There's nothing I've done what I can do. Um, but I really, those are the days where Blake has to be like, it's okay that you're in bed. This is just life. That's why we're married because we're partners and I can help you. And the kids are really helpful. Um, but those are the days where I feel like, oh, well, I have, I have nothing to offer. So are they still going to love me? Wow. Yeah. So I feel like that's a, a, a great illustration for us to understand, uh, kind of what motivates you. So let's talk about um, what, so we talked about what you love about being an Enneagram too. What, what frustrates you about being an Enneagram too? What are the things that frustrate you about that? Uh, well, it is frustrating for me that I find so much worth in what I'm able to do. Um, I wish that I could just see like, oh, I have value and worth outside of what I have to offer. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Something I'm always working on. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, I think with even just using your organization of yet we thrive as, as an example, it's an opportunity for you to kind of have that outlet to be helpful to people and know that that outlet, it's always going to be there because kids grow up and situations change in life, but you're going to have that to where you can pour into people. Is that kind of how you view it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's something outside of my own home, right, if that makes sense. Sure. It's something that I can do outside of these four walls. And yeah. I that motivates me and it gives me purpose and drive. I love it. We're going to get into that purpose and drive in a second because I'm already guessing what wing you are. But let's get into some um, rapid fire questions for a second. Um, okay. So I may ask some quick follow-ups about why or why not or how or things like that, but let's just go with, are you thoughtful or whimsical? Okay. I need to know what you mean by that because, okay, no, I would say whimsical. <laughs> I'm probably more whimsical. <laughs> I love Unless the that struggle. response was thoughtful, in which case. <laughs> I love the struggle of answering that question. Because you, we got to see kind of the whole process there, and just very quickly of what I'll I think it my feels life. Like, what it feels like to be in a guy. Is this the right? I don't know if this is the right answer or not. There's no right answer. Um, I love that. All right, are you selfish? No. Why don't you think you're selfish? Okay, so when I first read this question, I, my instinct was to be like, "Well, yeah, I'm selfish," but that's because that's what we're in the church, you're just taught over and over. You're born into selfishness and you're always selfish. Obviously I have moments where I'm selfish, but overall, most of the time, I really just want the people around me to be happy and I wanna serve the people around me. And if there's a choice between two things and I'm with somebody else, I'm gonna let them pick first because I want them to be happy. And I don't, their happiness is more important to me than whether I get the blue or the pink cup. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, when I was thinking about this question too, I thought to myself, there's probably, probably Enneagram twos and nines will be the only ones that honestly say they're not selfish. Everybody else is going to be like, well, of course I'm selfish. Uh, what do you, what do you envy? 
Um, I envy people who can just be themselves all the time. Really? Why, yeah. why do you envy them? Because I, this is, this would be getting into my wing, but <laughs> I tend to emulate the people around me, I guess. And sometimes that's a really good thing. And sometimes it's not a good thing. And yeah. so instead of being true to who I am, I will just blend in sometimes. And I envy people who can just be who they are carefree. And that's hard for me. Okay. I can okay. do it, but it doesn't come naturally. Yeah. Yeah. It takes yeah. a little bit of work. Sure. Yeah. I love this question because your company is called yet yeah, we thrive. So what do you thrive on? I thrive on community. So whether it and and community and connecting. So whatever that looks like, it can look all sorts of different ways. It could be connecting at Disney World or it could be connecting across the table over a cup of coffee. I just love to connect with people. I love that. So we alluded a little bit to your wing so far. Um, I'm not going to guess. I'm just going to ask you. What is your predominant wing and how can you tell? Three. <laughs> um, yeah. That would have been yeah. <laughs> um, I would say that I, I don't wing one as much because I am not as, I'm not a perfectionist. I like things to be just so, but if it's not perfect, I'm like, oh, well, so is life. That's fine. Nothing's perfect. Um, mm -hmm. I don't mind breaking the rules sometimes. Um, and I don't have this like inner critic that's telling me whether I'm good or bad necessarily all the time. Um, but I do wing three because I care deeply what people think about me. I want to fit in, in any scenario that I'm in most any, not any, but most of them, I do have a lot of drive and a lot of ambition and, um, on the Myers-Briggs, I don't remember the letters, but performer is the title of it. And that sits with the wing three, or sits with a three on the Instagram pretty well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I would, I would have guessed that as well. I mean, there's not too many, um, not too many twos, I think, that, that don't wing three that can kind of stay as motivated as you are, especially as a stay at home parent. I know you homeschool um, as well. And so you have all those types of things going on, but you're still, you still have that drive. You still have that performance motivation. Uh, my next question is what ways do you feel uh, if any defective or incomplete? Um, I feel like I have to be, a lot of things to a lot of people and that's just not true hmm. and i wish that i didn't feel that way all the time if that makes sense no it does for sure so with with that how, how do you how do you best interact with people if, if that's kind of where the defective or the incomplete stuff kind of comes from how do you best interact with people um I think it, a lot of it just comes down to being honest and transparent. You know, like if somebody asks me for my help with something as a two, I often feel like, oh, well, I have to say yes. If I don't say yes, then, well, then they're not going to like me or they're, 
they won't ask me for help next time. Um, but learning to say like, no, I can't do that right now. Or no, that's not a good fit for me is, has, it used to be impossible, but I've worked to the point where it's, I can do that now, but it's still, I never like it. Yeah. Do you feel like it's easy or difficult for you to be your true self around people? Difficult. Depending on who I'm with. If I'm with the people that know me and love me and we've been to hell and back together, I have no problems being myself. But people that I don't know as well, it's harder for me. Yeah. I think that's a pretty common theme. You know, my my first... I mean, I, I spoke with a three was my first interview um, as far as recording dates uh, in this series. And he kind of had the same question. And I think even as a four, I would probably answer it similarly. I probably just a little bit more quick to be that true self around people than maybe some other numbers. But yeah, I, I get that as a two. I think I think from what I observe, it's more about... Um, being able to be there for them than it is being open to them. Does that sound yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's a really good way to put it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, just a couple more questions. Uh, one more question, and then I'm going to give you a chance to kind of hit anything else that we missed. What's the most important thing to you as an Enneagram 2? The most important thing to me is that people feel seen, known, loved, and heard and held. I mean, I feel like you have that written down somewhere on an index card, like on your mirror or something. <laughs> you just so readily had that ready to go. One more time for the, for the slow people like me in the crowd. Seen, known, loved, and held. Yeah. I mean, that's why you need it. That's, that's why you need it. That's why you need a good, healthy Enneagram two in your life right there. Because I don't know anyone, whether they're, you know, if they're lying to themselves, they won't say, but, I think everybody needs that. I think everybody needs every Enneagram number in their life. But I think Thank that's, you. I think that's why, why Enneagram twos are so important to have in your life right there. So before we close up with some additional resources, what are some, is there anything else that you're like, I really want people to know this. I really want to, I would feel a lot better as a two if I could just get this off my chest and let people know this. Um, appreciation is so important to it too. Um, we love to show up for you. We love to help you out with whatever, but if you're just going to not acknowledge, then we're not going to want to step in again. <laughs> so it doesn't even have to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be like a, I'm throwing you a party because you brought me dinner. Just a thank you. We really needed this tonight. Just a simple non-recognition will shut a two down really fast. And so just a simple, hey, thanks. That was really helpful. It's all we really need. Just some acknowledgement. Just some acknowledgement. And also to be given a break sometimes or to tell us, hey, you can slow down. You don't need to do everything. Give yourself a break. Or you're good enough even though you're not doing X, Y, Z. You're enough. And there's so much in there. So you talked about being able to tell a two that they, that it's okay for them to take a break. How, how do you do that? How does someone who's not an Enneagram two successfully, tactfully, um, 
communicate that to an Enneagram too, that, Hey, you need to take a break without them. Cause I think, I think a lot of times people fear with an Enneagram too, that if I ask you to, to take a break, like if, mm-hmm. if I see we're in a room and I can see that you're a little bit overwhelmed and I say, Lindsay, I think it's okay if you just kind of go sit down over there. Mm-hmm. I think the fear is that mo- for most people to say that to it too, is that they feel like, um, that they're going to be offended by it mm-hmm. rather than being gifted by it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it how does. Do you, so how, so how do you do that? Well, it can't just be anybody. It has to be somebody who, you know, and love and trust. Um, and yeah. it can't come across as we don't need to. That can't yes. be the vibe. But if you have some acknowledgement, hey, I know you have so much on your plate right now, and I want you to take care of yourself right now. Can you please do that for me by just sitting down and taking a break? Encouragement with with that dose of acknowledgement that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Yeah, they have to be in your inner circle. I get mm-hmm. that for sure. Yeah. Uh, and and the not needing part, I think it's important. I think that's a, that's a good that's a good note. I think for the mm-hmm. rest of us for Enneagram twos is just because we're asking you to take a break or to rest or take care of yourself is not an is we need to make sure that we're communicating that it's not not because we don't need them, mm-hmm. right? It's, but it's because we care about them enough to see them mm-hmm. and go, you know we need you at your best yes and so in order for you to be at your best this is what we need yes Got it. we need you and we need you enough that we can't have you burn out mm. yeah yeah and so for so if a two hears that then they're like okay yeah i can do okay. that i can go rest because that's what you need from me right now yes and <laughs> also right? then it's permission to go yeah. rest sometimes we just need the permission to rest. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, I want to acknowledge and appreciate you right now for being this episode. I want to make sure it's super public. Thank you. Oh, I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Please come back. Seriously. I will. Um, okay, cool. Um, I love Lindsay. I'm so thankful for how um, just open and honest she is. I know that's difficult sometimes for twos and especially for two wing threes. And uh, I know when I had my Enneagram three interview, it was difficult for him to open up, but he was in a really healthy place in his life at the time or still is right now. And so I just felt like I could get that out of him. So I think a good mark of a good, healthy person, Enneagram aside, is that they can be open and honest about themselves without fear of judgment or self-confidence issues. And so I, I want to say that I see that in you, Lindsay, and I'm so thankful for people like you for you and people like you uh, who can do that. So thanks for being a part of this today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy and a pleasure. I want to let everybody know just a couple of resources. One more time um, at on Instagram, you can follow Lindsay and what she's doing uh, by being an amazing blessing to women all over the place. You can follow them at, at yet we thrive um, is where the most action is I'm told, but then you can also find out more about them on yet we thrive.com. I also want to let you know that if you're interested in furthering, understanding more of other people's, uh, Enneagram numbers and, and kind of what these things look like, there's three, three places I will always send you for this. I'm not a certified Enneagram coach. I'm just kind of leaning into the conversation a little bit, but Jackie Brewster, you can find her um, Enneagram with JB.com or, or at Enneagram with JB on Instagram or anything like that. She puts out some amazing, great resources every day. Also Beth McCord, you can find her at your Enneagram coach.com. Her and her husband are both really amazing with this through the lens of the gospel, which I super appreciate. 
And then if you're just now diving into it and you're trying to understand any of this stuff, I want to encourage you to go read. There's a book by Ian Morgan Cron called The Road Back to You. All of those things will, I think, further help you understand how we can interact and better each other through the lens of the Enneagram. So um, that's it for this episode. We'll be back with another Enneagram number soon and another episode next Thursday. Until then, we'll talk to you next time on the Winning in Life Without Losing Your Mind podcast.